Mark Santiago here, and welcome to the Empowered AF Podcast, where each episode we share powerful strategies to help you communicate, act, and lead like an empowered man. Thanks for joining me. All right, guys, what is up? We are live. All right, all right, all right. We are live. We are live. We are live. I'm going to do an Ask Me Anything. It's been a while since I've done one of these, and Quite honestly, when I released the last one, you guys had a ton of positive feedback. So I'm going to go ahead and answer a bunch of questions that I got recently. Uh, we post this actually, I think two days ago or yesterday, and we said, what are your questions? And we're going to try to do these more often because it seems like when we do these uh, Ask Me Anything Lives, um, you guys really get excited and you ask some great comment or questions you interact with some great comments and feedback. So drop your questions below. If I am not getting to it, um, I will do my best to get to it today. Um, if not, I might even try to go back and answer it in the comment section if it's a simple one. But I've already got, it looks like nine or so good questions that we are going to start with today. So without further ado, let's get into today's Ask Me Anything with Mark. All right, question number one. Does no contact and boundaries work with narcissists or someone with BPD? All right. So no contact and boundaries work with, with a narcissist or someone with BPD. So BPD is borderline personality disorder. Um, I do have experience uh, with borderline personality disorder. My ex-wife had that uh, or has that still to this day. And no contact and boundaries were a huge, huge thing. So in my particular situation, having boundaries was the very thing that I struggled with. And that's probably why if you listen to any of my content, you'll hear me speak very passionately about the idea that we need boundaries. If you don't have boundaries, you are fucked. Okay. And the reason for that is because with someone, especially who has borderline personality disorder or narcissism or any of those types of things, they are going to walk all over you if you don't know how to set boundaries and boundaries look like things like conversations you're willing to have with this person, things you're willing to talk about with this person, um, what you're willing to do with yourself or not do with yourself. Um, you could have boundaries over sex. You could have boundaries over the children. You could have boundaries over what you are willing to talk about with her. All of those things are super effective when you can actually have strong boundaries. So, uh, Mike Hebert asked this question and he's like, are, you know, do they work? I guess is what he's trying to say. And of course they work. They work is to the level that you are able to work them. Now, there are certain things that are not boundaries and are control. So a lot of you guys think that by saying, well, you can't go out all night that you're setting a boundary. That's not a boundary. That's you trying to control her. That's not a boundary. You might display a boundary and say, it hurts me when you go out all night because I feel disrespected. That's a boundary, but that's not trying to control her. So it's super important that moving forward, that if you are going to live an empowered life, that you choose boundaries that are not controlling, but you choose boundaries that are effective. Now, no contact is something that a lot of um, guys in the relationship space talk about around the idea of gray rock and this, this, this thing of basically that you are, you have no emotional state, you're no, there's no emotions and you're just there, you're just existing, etc. And so you don't, you don't move, right? So it's kind of like this boundary thing, but no contact is more like, I'm not reaching out to her. I'm not talking to her. I'm not doing those things. Of course, those things work. Why? Because 
when a person has a codependent toxic way of relating to you, they call you what's what doctors, psychiatrists would call your source. You are their source of their toxic shit, basically. And so by going no contact, you take away the ammunition. Now, I can't blanketly say, is this the most effective for you here? Right? That's why we coach guys. And when we coach them in Thrive, we help them understand what is actually happening for you. Because a lot of you are actually out here looking for validation that what you're doing is the right thing. And I can't blanketly give you validation without knowing your actual situation. No contact works, especially when there is no reason to be in contact with this person. But when you have children, you can't go no contact um, unless it's you know court ordered or something like that. The other piece of this, really part of it, is because you need space from this person so that you're not triggered. Um, the more triggered you are, the more they you trigger them, especially with people with BPD because borderline personality disorder really like is inflamed when the other person is rejecting them, right? So they, they th almost like, it's like fuel to the fire when you reject them. So if you go no contact, you have to be ready to like actually implement that for a very long time, like a very long time. Let me know if you have any further questions on that. All right. Number next one, Sherman Smith, what led you to wanting to help other men with their relationships and also finding their strength as men? Um, I mean, I'll do, I'll do the kind of quick and dirty on this. I've, I've done this for the last 15 years and it accelerated as I went through my own divorce and realizing that a lot of men need this help. And there is massive amounts of men that are doing this on their own and they don't have a group of men, not just a group of men that are sitting around singing Kumbaya for free, but a group of men who have invested in themselves and are investing in high level coaching to take them to the next level because we are not a support group. We are an empowerment group and there's a big difference between the two of those. So I did not sit out to create some free group where a bunch of guys can talk. There's millions of free groups out there. You can connect with all kinds of guys and tell your wonderful story, but that's not what we do. What we do is we help you connect the dots from your own pain, your own trauma, your own internal shame and help you understand what's happening externally, help you release that pain, help you lead the life you want that you're not going to get from a free group. Um, you are not going to get that from some, you know, kumbaya group. And and look, all those places have their they have their place. I've been a part of many of those, and I've I've met some wonderful, amazing guys in those types of groups, and they serve their place. So do not hear me saying, oh, if you're in one of those groups, that it's bad. It's not bad. It's good, but it's just the beginning. So many men just settle for that. They go, oh, I check that box. I, I go to my accountability group, or I go to my men's group at church, or. I'm a part of this, you know, free Facebook group, or I'm, I'm doing this and they check the box, but they don't actually grow because they, they're, they're content with just checking the box. And this goes back to the idea that we talk about all the time in empowered man is that we are not out to save the marriage. We are out to save the man. And many of you think once the marriage is saved, once the wife leans back in, all is good. One of my advisors had a call with this guy last week. And he's coming, he's hurting, he's in pain, he's all these things. And, you know, we kind of slap him around a little bit and help him see the things that he's been doing and how he's been contributing to the failure of the marriage, you know, and, and he makes up this thing. He's like, oh, I, you know, I don't know if I want to join, blah, blah, blah. And then a week later, it's like, how's it going? And he's like, oh man, everything's great. My wife and I are like on a vacation and it's awesome. And it's all these things. And let me tell you something that is fucking bullshit. It's false positives. Just because your wife and you now all of a sudden are quote unquote good does not mean you're actually good. 
I can't tell you how many times men have done this and they come back three months, six months, a year later and go, man, I thought everything was good. Um, we started having sex again and everything was wonderful. Guys, I'm telling you, I've been there. Personally, I've been there. I know what that's like, those false positives that make you think, oh, everything's great now when in reality they are not. Why? Because you never actually dealt with the underlying problem. So Empowered Man exists to help you unlock the underlying issues in your life. It's not just so that we give you some silver bullet so you can go quote unquote fix your marriage. Do we give those things? Yeah, of course. We teach you how to communicate. We teach you how to lead. We teach you some things that are very, very practical in marriage. But the goal of that is not so that you would just settle for an okay life. The goal of our program is that you would thrive, thrive in every dimension of life. Because why are you even existing? What, to be married, to have sex every day, to have kids? Like those are all great things, but you are still dead inside. And our goal is to wake your ass up so that you would live with purpose. So you wouldn't just exist. So you wouldn't just like get through your days. So you wouldn't just be like fighting for the weekend, but that you would have purpose in every moment of every day. That is why we exist. We start at the marriage, but then we start to uncover this pathway that has led you to this place of complacency and mediocrity in many areas of your life, even in business. We uncover for CEOs that didn't even realize they were holding their own companies back because of their own shit. We uncover for, for men who thought they were good dads really weren't good dads because they were just basically babysitters to their kids instead of actually engaging. That's why we now have a co-parenting class where a co-parenting uh, group coaching course with guys that, have, that are fathers of kids of multiple ages and help our men engage whether their wives and them break up or they stay together, they become more empowered dads. All right, next question. Let's see. Best ways to move forward and regain self-worth confidence. I mean, again, it's it's hard to say some of these without actually talking to you and knowing what you're doing. But moving forward to me looks like finding yourself again. It literally looks like finding your confidence, your power, and your freedom once again so that you are whole and complete, so that you are walking in your power regardless of what your wife is doing, regardless of what your wife is doing. I can't stress that more than enough because so many of you are just so tied to this idea that your happiness and your self-worth and your value comes from you being a husband. And many of you in like the faith community or in the church side or, or in other places, you look at your social status is based upon the fact that you're a husband. You're this mighty husband. And so your whole identity and your whole self-worth comes from you being husband or father. And that's not your identity. Those are good identities to have. Those, those are good things, but they, that is not who you are. You are more than being a husband. You are more than being a father. And if you don't know who you are, I challenge you to come here, come into our Thrive community and figure out who you are because we're going to help you. We're going to help you see who you are outside of all of those things. In fact, when you get into momentum, which is after Thrive, the very first identity, the very first exercise we do is on stripping the old identity and getting to a place where who are you outside of all of those things? Because I guarantee when, you, when everything starts to be ripped off and there's nothing left but you, you become naked and you start to see who you really are and what you're actually made of. 
So many of you are afraid to be exposed that you're not made of shit. And that's actually not true. I'm here to tell you that if you're, if you're here, if you're a man, if you're listening to this, you have something inside of you that's worth fighting for. You are more than enough. There is enough inside of you. You just haven't unlocked it yet. And my goal is to help you unlock it. That's why I started this program. I want to help you do that. And once you've unlocked your identity, that's how you move forward. Once you start to see who you are and your ego is no longer bruised by the pain of what you've experienced externally, and you've started to deal with and heal the internal pain that you've locked inside your body your entire life. Gentlemen, when you've been hurt and traumatized your life, the, all those things get into your cells, into your body. There's a book called The Body Keeps Score, and it talks about this idea that your trauma, your entire life stays in your body until you actually deal with it, until you unlock that trauma. You will be trapped in patterns and cycles forever, for as long as you decide to live on this earth or for until you get taken away, whatever. You will have that trauma in there. All right, let's go to the next question. What to do when family gets in the way of being a parent? That's a loaded one, Matt Sandusky. I don't know the context around this question, but I'm going to assume that it has to do with either your parents or her parents. And to me, this comes back to boundaries. It literally comes back to boundaries. This literally comes back to you displaying boundaries that say, I'm the parent. This is the way things are going to be. This is what we're going to do. And that is it. Without those boundaries, you will get stepped on. And if it's like hers, you know, her parents or, or your parents, it doesn't really matter. The fact is you need to have boundaries and they need to be clearly articulated. If you're not clearly articulating, um, you're not going to get very far. A lot of times we think we've articulated, we think, oh, I shared my boundaries. Mm, did you really? Did you actually clearly articulate what you want and what you're actually thinking? Because if you didn't, there's nothing, there's nothing anybody can say. So you want to make sure that you are clearly articulating your boundaries. Um, they can't get in the way. That's a mindset. That's really a mindset issue. You don't want to keep that mindset on because it's victim. You know, you're basically saying I'm a victim. My, these parents keep getting in the way of me being a parent. Um, that really comes back to your boundaries and, and stop being a victim basically. Okay. Uh, X insists she doesn't want to come back but she's the only one who brings it up. And yesterday after she brought it up, I told her it sounds like she's trying to convince herself. What does this mean? Um, I think you're looking too deeply into it. It's possible that she's trying to convince herself, but it's also possible that she's trying to convince you because she doesn't believe you. She doesn't believe that you've accepted that she's not coming back. Um, there could be little things you're doing, subtle hints you're dropping that make her feel like she has to protect herself, make her feel like she has to bring this up to remind you that this isn't happening, um, I would not look too into this uh, at all. All right, next one. How long did it take you to gain the confidence and realize that you're going to make life better with or without your spouse? I think once I moved out of my house, after I filed for divorce and moved out of my house and just started living my life and just started doing whatever the heck I wanted to do, I started to realize I'm going to be okay. I'm going to be okay. And everybody's different in terms of the what, what clicks, how much time you need, all those things. Um, for me, it was a couple months before I started to realize, okay, I'm going to make it. I'm going to be okay. Um, but I also waited X amount of months before I even filed. And, you know, it was just, it was a lot of un, 
uncoupling on, un, you know, going from being in a marriage for almost 18 years to not no longer being married. It was a big, big deal. It was a big shock to my system. And it took me a bit um, to to really discover that. So when you're asking questions like how long does it take? I mean, how long is up to you? How long is up to your heart? How long is up to you? How much you choose to, you know, stay in the past? Um, a lot of this still circles around ego and and the idea that if you can't get over the fact that somebody doesn't want to love you anymore, that rejection you're feeling is generally tied to something from your past. And you ha- because it's unresolved and hasn't been dealt with, it becomes hard to, uh, it becomes hard for you to move on, right? Um, I remember the first time my ex had left me, it was gut-wrenching because it was so tied to my own father dying when I was 15 years old. And through therapy and through counseling, I discovered uh, that was part of my trigger. It was part of my ego. And it was part of my like, how dare she leave me? And then it was like, oh, where did I feel? Where have I felt this before? It was when my dad left, when he died. And when he died, I felt abandoned. And so then when she left me, I felt abandoned. So it was like all tying in the same story. And we get into this this sort of emotional roller coaster because we're living in our present from our past mindset. Okay, so so instead of living in the frontal lobe of the brain, we're living out of the back of the brain. We're living out of a fight or flight mode, and and that fight or flight mode is triggered because again, the all all the things in your body are saying this feels familiar. I don't like this feeling. I don't like what I'm going through. I don't like what this looks like, and so therefore I'm going to be triggered, and I'm going to stay in this triggered fight or flight mode for a while. So saying how long is it going to take is really up to you. Um, it's it's for you to decide and for you to choose where you want to be in your own journey. At the same time, I also caution you against trying to move too fast because any man that tries to move too fast generally will not get the healing he deserves. We have guys countless times come into Thrive and start working through the assignments and get like halfway in and have some sort of major breakthrough and then totally disappear. We go, what happened to that guy? Well, he just felt fine because he got one level of pain off of him, but never st- never dove in and got to the deeper pain. And when you don't go to the deeper pain, guys, you are missing out. You are missing the gold. It's like there's a there's an old saying about being three feet, stopping three feet from gold. That is what so many men do. And even guys that come into our Thrive program where they will dig and dig and dig and they're like so close to gold, but they're like, you know what? I'm close enough. I'm out. I'm good. This was good. Thanks. But instead of actually getting to the real gold and really owning their shit and really going after the healing and letting the emotions fly and doing those things, instead of really digging in there, they go, I'm close enough. I'm good. This is too much. And that really has to do with an immature heart, an immature heart, meaning a man who is not mature in his own emotions and doesn't know what to do with those emotions, freaks out. And instead of leaning upon the guys in the program or coaches, they lean upon themselves And they pull themselves out and live in isolation and fear again, which is how they got into the place they were at. See, all of you living in isolation and fear, you go, well, I got got friends, I got friends. No, you got drinking buddies, okay? 99% of you do not have actual friends. You have guys who are around you and may say, hey, man, brother, I hope you're doing good. And, you know, and like, you know, like maybe give you a high five or like they might pray for you, you know, And, and, and all those things are good. But until you have people that go to battle with you, and meaning like actually have lived through what you are living through right now 
and can pull you up out of the miry mud, can pull you out of that shit and wash you off and, and get you to a place where you need to be. Until you have that, you're half-assing it. You're living underneath what is possible and for you because you're still afraid to dive into the mud, to get into the, the nasty shit, to get to that freedom. One of my favorite movies of all time, Shawshank Redemption. And, and it's the story of Andy Dufresne, who was a inmate, which I don't remember if he was at, he was convicted inmate, but I don't remember if he actually did commit the crime. I believe he was framed if I, if I recall. But what I remember so powerfully about that movie was at the end when he finally is able to dig himself out. It took him 20 years to dig out of that prison. He literally carved with like a little spoon or something every night he would carve and he would take the dirt and he would release the dirt into the, you know, out of his pockets every time he'd go to, uh, you know, to the field every day. And it took him like 20 something years to do that. Meanwhile, he was abused. He was sexually assaulted. All these things happened. And finally at the end, the last night he had to crawl through the tunnels. He had to crawl through literally shit. He had to go through all of the, uh, the, the sewage where all the shit was coming out of the prison and, and, and you see him at the end, he like goes through the sewage and comes out in the water and is like, gets up and is like, yes, yes. Like he made it to the other side, but he had to go through shit to get there. He didn't just settle and sit in his prison and die. He literally had to go through the shit to get there. Men, if you aren't willing to go through the shit, you will never get free. You will never get your confidence, you will never get your power, and you will never get your freedom back unless you're willing to go through the shit. So many of you settle for half-assed bullshit that is not actual freedom. Freedom to you looks like she's not yelling at me. Freedom to you looks like she's not nagging me. Freedom to you looks like I'm making enough money. But that's not real freedom. That's just settling. And hey, if that's you, cool. We're not, we can be friends, but we're not going to be part of each other's lives because you won't make it in thrive. You won't make it a part of what we do here because we're going to call you up and out. We are going to call you to a much, much higher level of living. If you so choose, if you decide to come here and go, you know what? I'm willing to go through the shit to get to the other side because I don't want to repeat the same mistakes I've been making my entire life. I don't want to live the same way I've been living my entire life. I am done being a little bitch. I'm done acting like this. I'm done whining and complaining all the time. I'm done not being a real man. I'm done living less, lesser than who I could be or should be. I'm ready to dial it up. I'm ready to go the next level. If that's you, then I commend you and I say, you know what? We've got something for you and that's Thrive. All right, next question. Uh, Joe Kellen, how to speed up the disentanglement with the ex-wife still co-parenting three children when you're post-divorce? Yeah, I mean, again, speeding up disentanglement with the ex-wife, that's a process of your own boundaries and your own communication skills. Um, you have to be in a place where you go, this is not my wife anymore and I'm gonna treat her as such. It's hard for us um, to do that. I, I had to, um, be with my ex-wife recently. Um, we had something going on with my daughter and I, I had to sit in the same room with her for two hours, two hours. And for the first hour, we didn't talk at all. She was mad or something. I don't even know, <laughs> but about an hour in, she, she says something to me and we start co having a conversation and I know enough to not like be baited into anything anymore. 
she attempted to bait me into something and I just let it go and I just moved, moved past it or whatever. But for an hour, we had a pretty calm conversation. But I remember sitting there thinking, I'm like, how weird is this? Because I remember several years ago, we would be sitting on my couch at home just like this. She's on her, you know, her phone and I'm on my phone and, you know, watching TV or something like that. And it was just this funny image or picture. But because I put in the work, I, I mean, I still care about her as a person, but I don't miss her. I don't miss being married to her. I don't miss any of those things because that chapter in my life is done. And I put an end to that chapter. The only way to end the disentanglement is for you to go neutral woman on her, to put her in a place that she is no longer your wife, that she is just another human being that you care for because she is the mother of your children. And that is the place that she needs to be in order for you to disentangle where you're at. All right, John Pedraza, how did the Empower Man program develop? Like, how'd you come up with the programs? How long did it take for to develop them? Uh, the programs developed through my own journey. Um, just about oh, every worksheet, every assignment it came from my own journey. Um, I've been doing personal development for 10 plus years. And as I went through the divorce and as I started coaching guys one-on-one, -on -one, started to recognize what are the actual themes that guys need and what are the most important pieces. Um, I worked with therapists on this, multiple therapists, multiple coaches in the, in the men's space, as well as in the, you know, marriage counseling space and, and really kind of honed in on what are the key factors that men need to have and thrive. And that's how we developed it. It's still, it's still being developed. Like we're, we're never done. We've added on another year's worth of programming, right? So just because you come in to thrive doesn't mean you're done. We have momentum, which is a whole other year of program that you can continue to work with us as the five dimensional man. Um, so it's a constant evolution. We're constantly looking at and evaluating, you know, which exercises are most effective, which are the ones guys get and don't understand all of those things. All right. Uh, Freddie Nava, how long does one hang in there before giving up when she says she doesn't know? So Freddie, that question is really about you. It's not about her. When she says she doesn't know, she's looking for you to lead. Like, what do you want? It's not about, well, how long are you going to wait around for me and all this stuff? No, dude, like make up your fucking mind. Choose what you want to do. Do you want to be her husband? If you want to be her husband, be her husband. Now, that means there's boundaries in place, right? Because if she said, I want to be out of the marriage, you don't go try to kiss her and love her and hug her and do all those things. You keep boundaries up. But you can be a husband in a wifeless marriage. That is very possible. What that looks like is you, you know, um, giving her space, not texting her all the time, not begging her when she's coming home, none of that stuff. It's treating her as a neutral woman, as a person, as a friend who's there, but you're not emotionally connected to her. You're not going to her for emotional connection. You're not going to her for validation. You're not going to her for sex. You're not going to her for those things because she is no longer your wife. Again, you are a husband in a wifeless marriage. A husband in a wifeless marriage essentially operates as if he's married, but without being married. Okay. So technically, yeah, you're married. But operating as a husband means you're not hooking up with other women, means you're not, you know, like just living a single life. You're living a married life as if she's like in Afghanistan or somewhere else traveling on business or something like that. But you're not also able to connect with her in the way that you used to connect with her. So really, that's where it comes back to is, is you hanging in there has nothing to do with her. It has everything to do with you. It has everything to do with your decision and what you want. No one can tell you that, Freddie. No one can sit here and go, well, Freddie, you should hang on for six more months or three more months. Freddie, you need to own your shit. You need to take your balls and figure out what you want. And once you've made that decision, you don't have to let her know. You just make the decision and you live that decision. If you decide three months later, if nothing's changed, I'm moving on, then that's what you decide.
No one's here to tell you right or wrong. All right, I'm going to handle one last question because i got to wrap it up here. Is it good for me to move out of the house if my wife wants to keep living her unfaithful life? Gomez, senor, no. (laughs) Um, 99.9% of the time, we never tell a guy to move out of the house. Never. Um, And the reason for that is because there are legal implications around it. It also can look, it can look bad legally. It can also look bad for your kids. Um, I did not move out until after I filed for divorce because I wanted to make sure my assets and my ass was safe. Um, So I made sure I did that before I moved out. You can do what's called an in-house separation. That is something I do recommend to guys who are in a very toxic situation, like where she's unfaithful, things like that. It's basically where you move into a different bedroom um, and you basically just live there as a husband in a lifeless marriage. If you're done, you know, and you, you know, I, I've been there. I, I lived through this frustration and it was frustrating. She kept saying she was going to move out, you know, and, and she would, and then she wouldn't, and she was looking at places and then she stopped. And I came to realize if I, if anything's going to happen, it's on me and I've got to own this. So I took responsibility and, and I did what I knew needed to be done. I filed for divorce and I moved on. I moved out. Um, sounds like you need to make your own mind up and make your own decision. Um, if you're going to do it, I definitely recommend talking to an attorney before you do it. All right, guys, that is all I've got for asking me anything. Thank you. These were some really good questions. I want tougher ones, though. Um, these were these were kind of easy, easy for me to answer. I want some tough questions next time. We'll try to do this again, um, if not every week, every other week or so. And uh, we'll go from there. But listen, if you're listening in and you're going, man, I really like what this guy has to say. Where do I go from here? I'm going to challenge you to go fill out an application, empoweredman.co slash application, empoweredman.co.com dot co slash application go fill it out get on a call with one of our enrollment advisors and they're going to walk you through what your game plan should be this is not just a sales pitch because listen most of the time guys aren't ready for our program anyways so it's okay we've got multiple programs and multiple price points there's usually something for everybody um, if you've got some sort of resources or a job or something like that we want to help you out but look we don't work with everyone we are not a nonprofit. We are, we are here to make money. That is part of what we do. I am not ashamed of that. This is a business that provides for my family. Uh, matter of fact, stay tuned. My daughter, my oldest daughter is going to be on a podcast with me coming up soon. We're going to be talking about how I fucked up when I left her mom and the shit I talked. That's going to be an interesting one. And she has some great insights as a child or as a, as a young woman, as a teenager going through divorce. Um, but look, we're here to, to grow impact. And we have millions of men that need what we have to offer. And it does take finances to do that. So um, the investment in yourself, 100 times worth it. Um, If you're not willing to invest in yourself, fine. That's cool. There's other free programs out there. Go look for them. Go do them. That's not us, though. Um, We are here to help. But we're here for guys who want to invest themselves. And that creates a culture that's pretty fucking amazing. You get in a Thrive and you get a part of that group of guys that are are doing well in life. Some of them are doing really, really well and some of them are doing okay. But the fact is, is they're crushing it and they're doing it together. They're not alone. Stop playing the, I got to do this on my own. Nobody's here to help me. Nobody loves me. Stop being a victim. Get the help you need. Empoweredman.co slash application and I'll see you inside. Hey, this is Mark Santiago, CEO and founder of Empowered Man. I want to thank you for listening to today's podcast. However, before you go, I want to give you a special invitation. 
Now listen, we've got a program that is designed specifically for men who are hurting right now, who are on the verge potentially of divorce, who are facing potential separation or already separated, and they don't know what to do. They don't know where to turn. They're dealing with anxiety. They're dealing with cheating. They're dealing with all kinds of shit. If that's you, I want to challenge you to take the Empowered Man 30-Day Challenge. That's right, the Empowered Man 30-Day Challenge. You can go to emchallenge.com right now and sign up for the 30-Day Challenge. Here's why I think you should do that. If you're hurting, you need to understand why you're hurting. You need to understand what is actually going on. In week one of the challenge, we are gonna actually rip off that Band-Aid a little bit and coach you through that process. And then we continue to do that process all the way to the point where you start to make decisions that are empowered instead of disempowered. I don't know about you, but I would much, much, much rather make decisions from a place of strength than a place of weakness. So if you're facing decisions, if you're facing this anxiety, what do I do? How do I respond when my wife is being toxic? I don't know what to do. My wife is cheating on me. I don't know what to do. My wife doesn't love me. I don't know what to do. We are going to help you find those answers within. Now look, this 30 day challenge is probably unlike any other you've been a part of. Why? Because not only do we have daily assignments happening in the program every single day, but you also get live group coaching calls. I said live group coaching calls with myself and my lead coach. That's right, I am a part of this. It's not just some other people doing it. I am there live with you every single week call that we are on. Third part of that is you're gonna have a community of other guys that are going through exactly what you are going through. And the best part of this, this isn't even a fraction of the price we could charge for it. In fact, at some point we may raise the price, but right now it is at a bargain. So go to emchallenge.com, emchallenge.com to take the Empowered Man 30 Day Challenge and I will see you on the inside.